On New Year's Eve, Rafael Nadal reached Melbourne Park. And he said, everyone who were there, don't tell anyone that I'm here. No one thought at that point, in a month's time, this injury-ravaged Spanish superstar was going to become the first to claim 21st Grand Slam. You are listening to Turning Point Podcast with me, Rika Roy. Let's start the story at this moment of the win. Rafael Nadal, ecstatic after a highly emotional, high-octane game. This is what he had to say. It's just amazing. No, being honest, uh, one month and a half ago, I didn't know if I will be able to be back on the tour playing tennis again. And today I am here in front of all of you having this trophy with me. And you really don't know how, how much I fight to be here. I am joined on this podcast by captain of India's Billy Jinking Cup, Vishal Uppal, who is also a former Davis Cup player for India. Vishal, welcome to Turning Point Podcast. Uh, Medvedev, world number two, was up against Rafael Nadal. What really would you say was the turning point in the match? Thank you for having me, Rika. Um, yeah, I think uh, the turning point definitely was in the third set when Nadal was serving two sets to love down, two, three, love 40. And from there, things just really turned for the better for Rafael Nadal. And, and I must say, Medvedev didn't really play his best tennis for that. But, you know, just the way Nadal fought back and the gutsy performance that he that he gave, I mean, uh, you expect that from Nadal, but then to see him do it over and over again is just a treat to watch. Nadal, um, 10 years, his uh, senior, uh, I, and I'm talking about Medvedev here, do you think at some point he would have noticed uh, a shortcoming, so to say, in Medvedev's repertoire? Maybe, uh, you know, his limited skill up front? Yeah, I mean, uh, Rika, for me, it was quite a peculiar match because after the uh, third set, almost, you know, uh, Medvedev kind of just started seeing way too many drop shots and and that kind of surprised me a lot because he's a guy who's known not for his finesse but for his brute power and a guy who can just hit you off the court. Uh, so, to see Medvedev make changes like that was quite intriguing for me. And on the other hand, if you look at uh, Nadal, he did quite a smart match. I don't think I've seen Nadal slice his backhand as much as he did in this match to, you know, kind of change up the pace and keep the ball a little lower for uh, Medvedev when he could. So, it was quite an intriguing match uh, tactically for those who love watching tennis. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's a good case study to understand how you can change your spins and variation and stuff like that to, you know, offset uh, your opponent's rhythm in one way or the other. But, yeah, it was, all in all, it was a very intriguing match and... And I guess uh, it was the survival of the fittest in the end, uh, mentally and physically. Would you then say it was uh, Medvedev's brute power versus Nadal's skill and Nadal's tactics that really came into play on the night? Yeah, partly so. I mean, I think also uh, Medvedev did look uh, physically a little uncomfortable. Something about his thighs might be bothering him or, you know, maybe he tightened up. Something of that... Uh, nature must have happened to him. Uh, we saw him taking, uh, you know, medical time out in the middle of the match and getting the trainer to work on his thigh muscle. So maybe he was feeling it physically, where he realized he cannot grind it out with uh, uh, Nadal, uh, which actually should have been a plus point for Medvedev, uh, considering he's ten years younger and fit uh, and faster. So yeah, I mean, it was quite interesting uh, in that sense to note how uh, 
one would have expected the longer this match went uh, rafael nadal would have been the one struggling physically considering he's 35 but it was the younger guy who seemed to be uh, you know struggling physically in this match interesting you say that uh, because we know longer rallies uh, means there are greater chances of nadal coming out on the top and in the second set we also saw one rally of 40 shots as well um Vishal, let's talk about a few intriguing uh, bits in that match. Now, um, at one point, Nadal requested for sawdust, something um, we would, uh, you know, associate uh, Ivan Lendl uh, with because he would then use it to uh, dry a moist grip. Yeah, I mean, barring Wimbledon, we don't really see that happening uh, anywhere else. But uh, you know, considering the fact the way Rafael Nadal sweats, I mean, you can clearly see. Uh, he sweats a lot so for him to uh, you know ask for it probably was a smart decision because you know your racket cannot keep slipping so as an athlete you have to try and do what you have to do to try and you know be in the best possible uh, situation to hit the ball so i think it was a it was a smart move from uh, rafael nadal to ask for that sawdust and that really uh, speaks about the temperatures they were playing in the exhaustion that both the men uh, experienced uh, uh but bedvedev all young fresh legs uh, he took the first set in 42 minutes nadal was pushed medvedev made him sweat ran all over the court uh but it seems to me uh and you can correct me if i'm wrong is the mental tenacity um that really stood out for rafael nadal yeah i have to agree with you because that's what has differentiated him with most players on the tour you know over his career and i think mental tenacity and experience i think uh, rafael nadal really used all his experience uh, to overcome uh, medvedev but uh, you know that's what rafael nadal is known for his mental tenacity and that's what i keep telling all the youngsters also stop looking at their forehand and backhand and start looking at their attitude start looking at their intensity what they bring the energy they bring to playing tennis and there's so much you can learn from that because Look, everybody can hit forehands and backhands, and you know it's not rocket science. But the human side of it, you know, the the never say die attitude of Rafael Nadal, I think that's what has, uh, you know, separated him from the pack uh, all these years. At the end of the match, uh, in fact, Medvedev asked uh, Nadal, "Are you tired?" He said it was a match uh, that was a very very high level, and it was insane. Um, We'll hear Medvedev at this point uh, before we get into the discussion further. Tough to talk after five hours thirty and uh, losing, but uh, I want to congratulate Rafa because what he did today, I was uh, I was amazed. Like uh, especially, I mean, during the match, I tried uh, I tried just to play tennis, but after the match, I just you know asked him uh, like, "Are you tired?" <laughs> because uh, it was insane. I mean, it, I think the level was very high. You raised your level after two sets for the 21st Grand Slam. I mean, I I, I thought you're going to get tied, and maybe you did just a little, but still won the match. So you're an amazing champion. I think uh, you guys have a good rivalry still. Uh, it's uh, it's not over yet, but uh, congrats and uh, was unbelievable. And congrats to your team, of course. Yeah, have been one of the most emotional matches on my tennis career, and uh, share the court with you is is just an honor. So, all the best in the in the future. Vishal, um, the tournament's AI had given Medvedev 96% chance of winning in the third set, 
when uh, he was 3-2 40 love up on nadal's uh, serve would you say these ais then uh, ais and the rational analysts so to say didn't factor in the intangibles yes and the biggest intangible is the human mind rita you know uh, i mean stats they hide more than they reveal and you can never discount the spirit of a fighter and that's what rafael nadal did to prove all these ai is wrong uh, you know all of us who have played competitive sport we understand that you know the ai cannot calculate for the human uh, you know resolve the human tenacity the human intensity and while on uh, you know paper if somebody looked at the score you i mean it pretty much looked like the writing was on the wall and medvedev was going to win in three sets but uh, ai cannot calculate a man's fighting abilities and how they can really come back so i think uh, you know for all those who watch this match uh, don't look at what the ai has to say look at how rafael nadal responded to being uh, down 2-3 uh, love 40 in the third set the other thing that really stood out for me was how medvedev was rattled complaining to the umpire john bloom about shouts from the crowd uh, do you think what was happening out there was a little unfair towards the russian well i wouldn't call it unfair because you can't control the crowd the crowd has its own favorites i of course do not endorse the fact that some of the fans were being disruptive while medvedev was serving or about to hit a ball that is just not in good taste and good spirit but uh, other than that i think the crowd has its right to cheer for whoever they wish to and on this night it was clearly evident that it was uh, uh, medvedev was playing against rafael nadal and 98% of the crowd uh, in the rod laver arena so i think uh, that's something an athlete has to block uh, out of uh, their mind I mean it's like playing Davis Cup except he was playing Davis Cup in Australia mm-hmm. against the Spaniards <laughs> because right. when you play Davis Cup you have people cheering against you passing all sorts of you know snarly remarks and you just have to learn mm-hmm. how to blank out everything uh, and and just continue playing so i think some of the crowd was unruly and it was unfortunate that they were being disruptive but overall i think uh, the crowd has a right to uh, cheer for whoever they wish to Vishal, you know, at the end of the match, Rafael Nadal said it was the most emotional match of his career, most emotional three weeks of his career. But in the in an interview just before the final, he said that it was all about winning this Australian Open. Without a doubt, have been uh, probably one of the most emotional months in my in my tennis career, and uh, having the huge support that I received uh, during the. that three weeks is is just uh, going to stay in the in my heart for the rest of my life so many many thanks now how does an athlete really keep these emotions under check he knows that he's uh, on the brink of a huge huge milestone but at the same time he has to go and win this tournament this match this point how does one take it one at a time well i don't think an athlete keep that emotion in check i think that athletes can feed off that emotion uh, and give their heart and soul into what they're trying to do which is win that particular match i mean you know and that emotion can go either way rika i mean it can either spur you on it can really push you to elevate your levels or you can crumble under the expectations and the pressure of uh, you know of that so i think rafael nadal has mastered the art of uh, using that emotion Uh, to his uh, benefit and and that was clear to see how he 
would just not give in come what may no matter what the score was he kept fighting he kept running every time you thought okay now this guy is getting tired he just kept running for one extra ball case in point that 40 ball rally that you mentioned a little earlier mm-hmm. it's unheard of in men's tennis a 40 ball rally with the power and speed these guys are hitting at it's unheard of so you know so it's how you use that energy uh, that energy can either uplift you or it can crush you it just depends on how you utilize it to the best of your ability Vishal, now that uh, Nadal has broken the three-way tie with Federer and Djokovic, uh, would you think that in at the back of his mind he is now thinking that the race isn't over? Come May twenty-second, um, I'll be back on the court again, and the number twenty-two is will be my top priority. No, I think Ricard winning another French Open will be his top priority. Number twenty-two is just a byproduct of that because he will want to continue his dominance on the clay courts, which is his favorite Grand Slam. So, I, you know, the top players are at the top because they more often than not don't let these things affect them. They just want to play. They just want to win. It's about for them. It's about winning that particular title. It's not so much about oh, will this be number two? Because then that's added pressure you're putting on yourself. and these guys are masters at not putting the pressure on themselves for the first time when i heard about muller's syndrome was 2003 and that was after rafael nadal had won his first french open from there 18 years on he's still winning uh grand slams can you tell us what does it really take to overcome such degenerative disease and still be here at the top of this game it's called human spirit I mean his spirit is second to none. He is relentless. His desire to succeed at what he's doing is is unbelievable and I think that is what has spurred him on no matter what obstacles he's faced in his life whether it is this whether it's been you know tendonitis in his knees or any other injuries it's the never say die attitude because if you're willing to wake up every morning and go to work that's the only way you're going to chase and fulfill your dreams and I think Rafael Nadal has been doing it and he's a uh, a living example and inspiration to everyone else as to how they can wake up every morning and go and give their best and and try and uh, achieve their dream let me ask you one final question vishal um do you see him get back to world number 1 <laughs> i mean uh, yeah of course if he keeps winning why not Uh, but i think it's going to be tougher and tougher for him i think the younger generation is ready to uh, really start taking the mantle on from the big 3 and and i think it's going to keep getting tougher for the likes of uh, nadal and djokovic to uh, try and uh, you know ignore the guys like medvedev uh, you know zverev dominic team will be back soon uh, shapovalov all these guys are hungry and they're knocking on the doors now they're, they're close to beating these guys and the switch will happen soon Well, thank you very, very much, Vishal, for joining me on the podcast and sharing those wonderful lights, uh, wonderful thoughts of yours. And I hope that uh, Rafael Nadal fans will be hoping that number twenty-one done, number twenty-two is round the corner this year. Thank you very much. <laughs>